Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. Welcome back to episode 43 of MMA FanCast. We are so glad to have you with us today. We were all in attendance at MMA FanCast at UFC Fight Night 116 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We are going to cover that card top to bottom we are also going to be discussing today the rumored bout between chris weidman and jacare souza we are going to be looking ahead to the card coming up this upcoming weekend which is ufc fight night okami versus osb we will be digging into uh talking about just fighters fighters are dropping out of cards last minute this just happened this past weekend it's happened this upcoming weekend is there anything the UFC can do about that? We'll dive into that a little bit. And then we're going to take a look at the fights that are coming up in the next month and a half, next six weeks or so through the end of October, and, and kind of preview what the best-looking fights going forward are. So glad to have you. I am Ryan Middleton. I am your host, and I am joined by Jim Sahara Mooney, as well as Andrew Dice Bailey. Let's dig into this, guys. We were all in attendance at UFC Fight Night 116 in Pittsburgh. And uh, guys, what, what did you think of this event? I thought the event was very, very entertaining. High quality action. Eight of 10 fights ended in a finish. That's unheard of. Seems to be a trend if you go back to the Wyvern Fox card. But it was exciting. It was a good night for MMA. Yeah, I agree 100%. And if you go to UFC.com to the front page, um, right there, plastered in front of you is their um, their opinion of Pittsburgh, and it says Pittsburgh delivered. I agree with that caption. Yeah, I I really think that the uh, the card ended up being great. I think the UFC had a lot of obstacles with the card. They had the uh, Canelo Triple G fight. They had a lack of promotion. Pittsburgh. A lack of Pittsburgh um, presence on the card. Uh, they had a. It was only a ten fight card as opposed to the normal twelve or eleven fight card. It had a lot of obstacles to overcome, but the actual action in the fight, it really delivered. Yeah, and Hurricane Irma hurt the Mike Perry fight because he uh, Tiago Alves was unable to get his family out, and he decided to stay back with them. And even Rockhold was rushed out of there. So, I mean, just circumstances like that that nobody can dictate or control had an impact on this card. The event only drew 7,005 fans with all of those obstacles that it faced um, and had a gate of $396,190.75. Um, that, that's actually the lowest gate of the entire year. Um, and it was a, a card that was only announced, what, two months ago? Yeah. So I think there were a lot of obstacles for this card to overcome. I think that from a gate perspective, it was probably a flop. But from a, a you know, delivering and having action-packed fights and not having a 
um, complete robbery involved in um, that that evening of fights um, was was kind of big. You know, from we were watching along uh, with the Canelo fight and watching on Twitter and stuff and seeing what was happening. Not watching the fight, but watching what was happening. And it was clear that it was a uh, there was there was a victor until the judges announced the card. So um, there was none of that at UFC in boxing. One sixteen. No, not in boxing. You don't have that in boxing. Who would have thought? Yeah, crazy stuff. So those are things that went right um, at UFC 116. What went wrong at UFC 116? So you have a passionate fan base here of, of MMA fans and UFC fans, and you didn't have a single fighter from the area on the card. You had a, you had a guy that went to Edinburgh, which is an hour and a half, an hour away, hour and 15 minutes yeah, away. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's a good drive. But he's not from the area. No, that's a stretch. And so there was no hometown guy. There are guys like Cody Garbrandt, like um, Mark Cherico. There are guys like Adam... Uh, why can't I think of his last name? Milstead. Adam Milstead. Mike Wilkins. Mike Wilkins. There are guys that are MMA guys around here that can fight at this level and that should have been on the card. At least one or two of those guys should have been on the card. But instead, Cherico got his MMA break uh, a month ago and had to fly out to Vegas for it when that card was already set for Pittsburgh. It just didn't make sense to me. And they would have put far more butts in seats had they had Mark Cherico on that card. Yeah, I don't know if that was uh, a lack of uh, planning on the UFC's part, but they certainly could have done some uh, some planning. It, it, it certainly appeared like they had no interest in promoting uh, this Pittsburgh event because they, they could have easily had um, more uh, I don't know losing my train of thought here but they could have had more interest more interest locally 100 percent because of the draw cody was when it usc was back here um february of 2016 he brought in um easily what what would you say 300 people and just 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 friends and family but there yeah, were other people yeah. in attendance because he was on the card so it, it's ultimately you're looking at um they, to me, it seemed like the UFC didn't really care about the card. Oh, it's definitely the disenfranchised card of recent memory. They completely abandoned it. I, I don't know if that was with the, uh, the confliction with Triple G Canelo. I mean, UFC's president wasn't even there to witness this. He wasn't even watching. All MMA writers were even tweeting about the boxing match. No one cared. That was the biggest problem. Yeah. Um, yeah this is like the, the little fight card that could. You know, it uh, it didn't draw much interest from... Uh, the the normal UFC or uh, MMA community and the fights um, definitely came through with uh, lots of action and the some six, surprise. The six of us that watched, the six of us that watched, we had a great time. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it really was a great night of fights and let's not um, lose sight of that, that the UFC put on a card and delivered on the card. They didn't get the attendance they wanted, but the people that did decide to go were happy fans. 
the main event was Luke Rockhold and David Branch. And um, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to speak with David Branch prior to the fight. And here's how that went. You said it yourself, it's been a long time. It's been a long time, man. How'd that feel to get out there again? <clears throat> From the fans. This is, this is, you know, it feels all too familiar. You know, I'm, I'm excited to get back in the cage on Saturday night. That's what I'm here for. It's, uh, it's, it's cool to entertain, but uh, you know, I'm here to take some heads, mount them on my wall. Was that a long 15 months for you? Uh, it was. You know, it was, it was, it was longer than I, than I hoped it'd be. And I wanted to come back in June. I think that would have been ideal, given the take of my body, June, July. But uh, we couldn't find the opponent, but we have an opponent now, and I'm just, I'm ready. More, more ready than ever, man. I'm focused. I know what I need to do and, and how I need to fight. And you know, life in this game is just a learning process. Uh, and and I, I put myself in the right place. You know, mentally, physically, I'm, I'm ready to go. How frustrating was it for you not being able to get in and and, and obviously, you know, redeem yourself for a loss that was pretty much. Can you see me trying to be careful with my words there? Let's continue. <laughs> I think that would be more unexpected than most, if that's fair to say. Yeah. No, I <clears throat> you can't mess up in this game. You can't you can't you can't have any glitches. Uh, you can't misstep. Uh, there's no there's no room for error. I screwed up uh, and the uh, the time off has been tough, but uh, I've I've made the most of it. I've I've gotten away, I've let my body heal which is most important, you know, I can't go in there <clears throat> unhealthy. You know, when I'm healthy, when I'm focused, when, when I'm patient, I'm unbeatable. And I'm in that mindset, and, I, and I'm in that, that health, that, that state of mind and, and health right now. What's your biggest advantage over Branch? It's everything. I, I have an advantage everywhere, you know, and, and he, he plays a patient game. It's like, you know, I, I have to play the same game, but I have more tools to open him up, and I can open him up in so many ways, and, and he's going to panic. He's gonna feel my power, and I don't see this man wanting to stand with me once he feels that. You know, he, he shoots in like he always does. He runs for the clinch. Uh, if he wants to tangle with me, and then that area, you know, I'm gonna flip him over. I'm gonna put him on his back. And I'm gonna pound his face. In. He can't compete with me on the ground. He can't compete with me on the free on the feet. Talk a little about that. He was actually when you when you take a look at that fight, he was actually able to compete with him on the feet more so than Rockhold could ever have anticipated. I think that has something to do with the rush of Branch to him and just like we talked about before, the ring rust of Luke Rockhold. It took a while to get the feel for it. He, he, was, he was in maybe a little bit of danger, but he looked completely under control. And I think it was just getting a feel for the fight. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of ring rust there. The one thing I noticed, though, is that Branch wasn't giving him any room with uh... – you know, distance when it came to Rockhold and his leg kicks. And, you know, to that same point, I think Branch wanted to go toe-for-toe toe and show that he had the same striking abilities. You know, he had uh, a couple um, high leg kicks to the head or the head area. And, you know, that's something that Rockhold uh, is well known for in his arsenal. And that's the, the, one of the first things I noticed is that um, Branch was – pushing a little bit and not giving that space for for Rockhold to really open up and um, and go with his fight plan. You can't let Luke Rockhold dictate pace or he's just going to pick you apart and I think that's what Branch is trying to capitalize on. 
Well, and and when the fight, ultimately, when Rockhold got him to the ground and got him in mount, it was all over from there, and it was really he had no shot, and this is how it went. This is the worst spot to be. Terrible. He can't move. He's about to get mounted. The fence behind him. Rockhold continues to make these strikes count. And Branch up against the fence. Not much he can do. Gives up the back here. It's a case of pick your poison here against Rockhold. Just over a minute to go in the round. There's not much Branch can do here except try to stay tough. Better hope the ref doesn't stop him because he could get stopped at any moment in this position. There's literally almost no defense for Branch. Let's do something, though. He's trying, but Rockhold's just got perfect position. There it is. So Luke Rockhold returns and stops David Branch in round two. And Rockhold staring him down every step of the way. So not a great start for Rockhold. It wasn't a great start for him at all, but it certainly was a, was a nice finish for him. His jiu-jitsu is so high level, he still had the body lock the whole time he was on him, so he maintained his position. That's what stood out to me there. I mean, well, just like when he mounted Wyvern, it was over. There was nothing he could do to get out of that. Yeah, it was uh, – I, I felt like it was almost a little anticlimactic with the finish. You know, that's a classic um, ground and pound, flatten him out um, on his stomach. But with the tap, it was a little – different um, instead of having the ref jump in and saving the fighter and Branch himself had said afterwards um, in the, uh, the, the post fight interviews that he tapped to, uh, to you know live to fight another day is basically what he said. I, hey I mean that's uh, a maybe a no-no in the fight business but those guys are far more uh, man than <laughs> To get in that cage, I would never, um, I would never look at any anyone any less for tapping for any reason. They're in that cage, and I'm not. I agree. Actually, I I do. I went back and forth with this. You know, whether to to be a man and go out on your shield, or to we live in a we're not in a barbaric society. We live in a world where brain damage and CTE exists, and they traumatize families all across the world. More power too, David Branch. He knew he wasn't getting out of that. So I, I have nothing but respect. Yeah, and um, and to that point, Andrew and Ryan, Uriah Hall said it himself, um, which was another great performance. But he said it uh, in his uh, interview inside the Octagon after his victory that when he's, he's scared to death, every single time he steps in there, it's something that scares him. And he does it to push himself and face his fears and you know so to you know for us to sit here and say well he should have taken a pounding and you know then let the ref step in you know so what it would have gone maybe three three four more seconds and what's the yeah point? why why put yourself through that if you know you can't get out you're stuck and you, you, you lived i don't know i don't see that as a big thing but luke rockhold kind of had his uh sights set on something other than his next opponent like who that would typically be. Let's listen to what he said after the fight. Ladies and gentlemen, referee Dan Mergliato has called a stop to this contest at four minutes, five seconds of round number two. For the winner, due to tap out, due to strikes, Luke Rockhold. All right, here with the 
former UFC middleweight champion, Luke Rockhold, congratulations. I think I speak for everyone when I say it's great to see you back in here after 15 long months. I know you're not gonna be wholly satisfied until there's a piece of gold around your waist, but any satisfaction in what you're able to accomplish here tonight? I'm happy we got the win. I, I wanted to take my time and be patient. He rushed the fight. Good for him, he brought it. He did what he had to do. And I did what I had to do. Now, I'm coming for that belt. GSP, I don't know what I need to do. You want me to beat some sense into you? You don't belong here. You're gonna get crushed. Better back out. Get out of this thing while you still can. This is my fight. This is my fight. And I'll be there soon as, sooner than you motherfuckers. Let's go. Quickly, can you just walk us through this fight? First round, Branch got off a little bit in the striking. You didn't seem very phased by it, but then you sort of exacted your will there around two. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, he came at me real hard. I wanted to be patient. Like I said, I rushed the fight last time, so I was like, to, to be at my best, I'm patient, I'm, I'm precise. I wanted to wait for my time, and he rushed in. And, uh, you know, I, I, I could feel him. You know, get my bearings in the second round, I'm going to take control no matter where it goes. So <laughs> he really focused on GSP, and he had a lot of anger and animosity towards GSP, and it just seemed a little odd to me, to be the honest. weirdest call-out I've ever seen. I don't even know if it – can you even call that a call-out? The guy has a fight. I mean, please pull out of the fight so I can fight for the championship. I don't – it was weird. Yeah, it's like he um, he wants to take his ball and go home. Somebody else uh, started a new game with his ball, and he thinks he has a right to it. But he's got to get back in line like everybody else. So where do you guys think this leads these two guys? Where What's next for Luke Rockhold? Next for Rockhold, it's very limited. I mean, the waters are murky in the middleweight division. I The one that's open is Yoel Romero. That's open right now, and I think – think that's the only way he can go. Jacare and Weidman are trying to fight. Uh, Anderson Silva and Kelvin Gaslam already scheduled. Derek Brunson's already scheduled to fight Leota Machida. So besides Joel Romero, I see it to be a stand-in for a standby for UFC 217 while Robert Whitaker is injured. I think he might do that. I think he might stand by for 17. It sounds like that's what his plan is. Yeah, I don't blame him, especially with Bisbing and GSP being Bisbing's old and GSP will hasn't fought in years. And well, so He's old, too. Bisping's now saying that this could be his last fight. I saw that. I mean, we all kind of anticipated. He's mostly held together by, you know, paper clips and prayer, so. <laughs> the, um, all right, so Rockhold, standby 217, maybe a, a potential bout with uh, y'all Romero. What about Branch? Where, where where does this put him? He was, he was, what, eighth, ninth in the division? He, he, he took it. Let's, let's be honest. David Branch, he lands one more shot or one or one of those shots a little more clean, and that fight could have been over in the first round. Yeah, agreed. Um, I was impressed by his. I was impressed by his performance. Um, I thought that the pressure that he brought was uh, was giving Rockhold some fits, and it took him a little while to figure it out. And, you know, I think he's got a little bit of polishing to his game. And, you know, he can then, you know, maybe after another fight or two, I could see him in, you know, some more serious talk about uh, moving up. I, I, just, I think that uh, Rockhold is still 
you know, above his level. And Branch has has a few more things to work on to get but, there. But Rockhold wants to be a two hundred fiver maybe in the next like year, and he's a big he's a big eighty fiver. So um, I don't know how he'd fare in the two hundred five division. I think he'd be fast. I think he'd have some of the best ground game in the division, regardless of where he's at. But uh, on the feet, I think he he could be in trouble. I think he could make some noise in the light heavyweight division because you think you look at the rankings. Shogun is ranked fifth. Yeah, but Shogun's on a three fight win streak. Yeah, but I, I oh, no, those are wait, 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 wait. Shogun has three decent wins. Let's not act as if they're they're chumps. Um, I mean, it was Jan Vallant, Corey Anderson, and uh, Little Nog. Yeah, that's. John Vallant's a tough dude. He, dude, he he fights with Weidman all the time. You're, you you got to be tough if you're spending time in the gym with Chris Weidman. Hmm. Um, speaking of Chris Weidman, we're going to talk about him a little later. Um, Mike Perry, uh, he he, I also had the uh, the cool opportunity to spend a little bit of time with him prior to. Uh, his fight and uh, he was he, he's a nice guy. I mean, he gets a lot of crap from all the fanboys out there, but he seemed like a very nice guy to me. Um, let's hear what he had to say prior to the fight. Yeah, man, sometimes I gotta watch. I can't remember the last time, you know, uh, opponents do change, I, I believe they've changed in the past. I just remember the guys who showed up to fight, right? But uh, fight business, things happen. Sometimes I gotta watch what I say because I scared these guys away. I don't know if I scared Tiago. Hey, might man, have. The elbow against Ellenberger may have had something to do with that, would you say? Absolutely. <laughs> they play, They posted it this week, says the knockout of the week. He might have saw that and uh, replayed it in his head. What's, what's going through your mind when they call you and say, hey man, you don't have a fight right now, and we're trying to get you somebody. I mean, are you just kind of? I'm hoping I get to get paid. You know what I mean? But not just that that one third. I want Tiago was going to take. He took more than the money away, though. But I'm I'm still going to get to fight for the money. You know what I mean? But he took away the recognition I was going to get for beating him, and I'm pissed about that. And yeah, that's a big deal when you beat a guy like Tiago Alves, who has a big name. That means a heck of a lot more than beating a guy that's making his UFC debut. Let's continue listening. But you know what happened? Last year, I got the opportunity against Hung Yu Lim. This guy's got a 13-fight win streak. I'm looking forward to stopping that. When I win, you know, it's a lose-lose for me. I'm giving this guy every chance, and, and I'm, I'm getting almost nothing from it. But I'm just here to fight, so I'm happy to have a fight. I mean, I was going to ask you that. I've Dude, that's my kind of fighter. Who, I mean, he could have easily pulled an Anderson or uh, John Jones and just said, uh, "Yeah, I'm not taking a late replacement fight." But he, he's a fighter. He he wants to get in there and bang and and wants paid. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, John Jones was faced with the exact same situation, except it was a name, which was better for him. It was Chel Sonnen. It was a guy at a lower weight division um, who was going to take the fight on late notice, and he declined the fight, and the entire card was canceled because of it. And 
this is a case where Mike Perry steps up and, and does what is needed from him. Let's keep listening. I mean, be beating a guy like Alves, who, you know, once fought for a title, even though he's been on a little bit of a downturn, I mean, that's a lot, seems to be a lot more impressive than beating a guy who has He started on a downturn. He's been, he's on a 13-fight win streak. He, he was King of the Cage champion. He is. He won a month ago. So he's a current champion. He's coming up in weight, but he must know something I don't. He's a black belt, and he must think that that's, uh, that's good enough for him to come in here and exit this fight safely and out of harm's way. But you locked that door with me, man. You all know what to expect. How much were you able to, to look into his past fights? I mean, I know he had the one like a month ago, but before that, didn't he have nothing for a, a couple years or so? Um, my coaches saw some stuff on UFC Fight Pass. I looked him up on YouTube, not on Fight Pass. I just watched a two-minute highlight. And uh, it showed a few of his highlights. I see what he wants to do. I honestly believe I can fight him with my hands down and let him hit me in the face. And I don't think it would affect me, but I don't know how many people's punches really would affect me. I've been knocked down before, but I wasn't hurt. I've never been hurt. I don't, I don't feel pain, so uh, we'll see what he can do. You ain't got to hurt me to beat me. I've learned that lesson. You know what I mean? You ain't got to stop me to beat me. You can run for 15 minutes. But I'm not looking to move for 15 minutes. I'm looking to move for five or 10. You talk about maybe the, the opportunity to be on this card, to be in the co-main event slot. I mean, obviously the UFC sees a lot in you and they're moving you up, you know, really quickly. I mean, can you just talk about what that means Oh, I mean, I was waiting for the question, you know what I mean? But uh, it means a lot. Uh, there wasn't me yet. It's proof that everything I've worked so hard for is coming together in life. Uh, I'm moving up fast, I'm on top of Hector Lombard on this card, on top of Kumaru Usman, who's also been doing well in his career. But it's, uh, it's what I bring to the table, and it's the get-you-out-of-your-seat, jaw-dropping performances that uh, the excitement of that knockout that people don't see coming. He yeah. certainly did that. I, I always see it coming. What was the feeling like when you found out Thiago wasn't going to make the like uh, you know, a, a guy of that that level to to do something so childish. Um, he knew he wasn't coming long before we did, and uh, I I see how that could be hard for someone to admit to someone, but God moves in, in mysterious ways. Everything happens for a reason, and uh, you know I still got nothing bad to say about the guy. You know what I mean? Uh, I was going to come and, and do what I came to do, and I'm still going to get to do that. So uh, we'll see, man. We'll see how it goes. I know how it's going to go. It's going to go good. It's going to go my way. I hope the guy's tough. I hope that uh, he proves the world wrong, what, what a lot of people are saying. Everybody's giving him kudos for showing up three days, uh, three days notice, but they're expecting me to just destroy the guy. I hope he's tough as hell. Is a fight with Alves something you want to have again later or now at this point are you just like... I'm going to skip forward. Get in shape or I stay in shape, you know, but I just show up to fight. The, the long time is what's making me upset. The long time that I took to prepare for this. I wanted to see that preparation unfold. I'll still get to see it, but it won't be the same. I had a game plan for certain fighting style. And now I'm just going to go out there and do what I do. I ain't <laughs> watch much tape. I'm just going to... Uh, I'm going to adjust as I see fit.
you got here last week. You got to spend a lot of time here in Pittsburgh. How are you enjoying your time here in Pittsburgh? Oh, Pittsburgh's nice, man. Uh, Steel City has welcomed me, and uh, I appreciate that. It, I've, I've rode around on the city bikes. I've seen a couple great views. Uh, the water, the people, everybody's kind. The food is really good. You know, I'm real good on weight. So I've been enjoying three meals a day, three good meals a day. I just got a couple pounds to go right now, like two, two pounds. And uh, I've been under 175 all week, every, every morning when I woke up. But, uh, you know, uh, thank you, Pittsburgh, for having me, man. I'm just, I'm glad I get to fight for you guys. I know you guys were looking forward to this. And uh, even though Tiago's not here, I know that they still support me. And we, uh, that was a fight that I was most looking forward to as well. Um, and I was really happy that, you know, he got that replacement fight on the card. He talks just like Nate Diaz, and I love every second of it. And he, uh, <laughs> one of the things I wanted to say, um, Ryan, is when I watch his fights, when I listen to him talk, it sounds like he's getting no love. You think he sounds like Cody, huh? Yeah, yeah. His actions in the ring, um, outside, it's, uh, it's what he reminds me of. The All right, fight, what up? I say the fight you never know you needed until now. It can't happen because the opponent's already scheduled. But I would love to see Mike Perry and Jorge Masvidal fight. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, here, so, so the replacement fight happened. And uh, we got to see it, and um, we're also we're also going to get a chance to see that for those of you watching on YouTube. And here's how that all took place for those of you listening. Lead knee from Mike Perry appeared to land, follows it up with a big right hand, and that huge right hand will always work for Perry. He believes in it, and he somehow finds home for it every single fight. Perry with six knockdowns in his four UFC fights thus far. And he is just mean. Elbow lands for Perry. Reyes thought about a level change, then thought better of it. Perry doing good with the oh, Reyes. Nasty knee to finish the fight. Perry. Strong duty. What a beautiful series of... Uh, I mean, he, he's just uh, an exciting guy to watch. Anyone who doesn't like to watch Mike Perry fight, there's something wrong with you. Mike Perry is just terrifying. I tend to avoid people with face tattoos, and the fact that he has face tattoos and his hair up like that, oh, my goodness. Yeah, he, over, he overwhelmed him. It was, it was nonstop pressure. Um, and on top of that, just the, the sheer brute strength you know, it's uh, raw strength and the power is just almost unmatched in that in that division with him. Yeah. So, any other thoughts um, on any of the other fights that you wanted to bring up? Um, I know you guys were excited to see um, uh, Uriah Hall get a win. Anything else you guys want to talk about real quickly before we move on? Uh, last thought on Perry, he called out Robbie Lawler, and it sounded cool at the time, but Lawler is the number one contender, and Perry was unranked, so it seems like a jump. But I was thinking either a Gunnar Nelson, a Carlos Condit, or Santiago Ponzinbibbio, the guy who just recently knocked out Gunnar Nelson. Both are ranked high. All three are ranked pretty high. It'd be a good leap for him into the rankings. Yeah, why, not, uh, why not Usman, um, the guy that we saw? Yeah. 
you know, same division. He's ahead of him. Um, this is a guy that uh, that has definitely had heads turning his way, and I think that would be a good matchup. See, I think that might be um, – those are both fighters you want to build at this point. I, w- I wouldn't – I personally would want to build them both up more and not put them both in a position where they – where one of them has to lose. I'd match him up later on down the road. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, but, but you, you look at that division, though. There's there's a lot of young names in there. And who do you pick, um, you know, out of that, the two, three, maybe four, that you want to move up before you actually have them start, uh, you know, start battling each other? You know, do you wait till they get in the top six, the top ten? Because you know they're guys that are that are right on the cusp, and uh, I, I put them against I put them against a guy who is who is, um, who is past his prime is the ideal person for me if he if he's a big name and past his past his peak. Sort of and, like yeah, yeah, that Condit's like a perfect person that might be a little little too high for him. That but I think he can. If you lose to Con, it, it's no big deal. That's the beauty yeah. of it. And you get to learn a lot. But if you lose to a guy that like doesn't have a name like that, that that hurts your that hurts. Especially if they wait because Damian Maya is about to fight Colby Covington, Stephen Thompson's about to fight Masvidal. So there's gonna be some shakings up there where people are gonna need opponents in the future. Yeah. So it was a great night of fights. If you you know weren't around and you taped it or, or get a chance to watch a replay on FX or whatever they're replaying it on, do watch it. It's like knockout after knockout after good fight. There was one stinker fight, and that was, um, you know, no big deal out of the whole card. Uh, Justin Ledette and, and Zoo um, was kind of a stinker and a surprise. Well, we thought, I mean, just – from being there, we we all thought that Ledette lost, but um, I've read a lot that a lot of people saying that Ledette won. And yeah, it was that first round that uh, that was the swing swing vote, I guess you could say. I think when you expect someone to dominate someone and they don't, it makes you feel like they did better than they actually did. I, I'd probably have to watch it again and and kind of see, but that was the only stinker fight and. Um, on the card, but they were, it was a great night of fights. Yeah, the one thing I wanted to say about that fight is when you watch the two fighters just before the announcement and then um, the call is made for who wins, you can see Ledette himself is surprised that he got, got the nod for that. So, no, he was surprised that it wasn't, that it, he was surprised that it was, that there was a split decision. He thought he had a unanimous decision. That's that's exactly what 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 happened. I he disagree also, with you. He also has the worst hair in the heavyweight division. Yeah, I think he has the worst hair. He's as almost as bad as me. <laughs> Did right. he make a statement that uh, that he thought it was unanimous, or is that just your opinion? No, that's that was clear to everyone but you. Moving on. Did to you say that the rumored bout? So then he was Doc- surprised. Moving on to the rumored bout between Jacare and Chris Weidman. What do you guys think of this? Is this is this what we want? Yes. I love this matchup. Um, wrestler versus high-level jiu-jitsu grappler. Jacare coming off his defeat, knockout loss to interim champ Robert Whitaker. 
why I've been finally getting off the schneid and finishing Kevin Ga- Kelvin Gastelum. I love the matchup. I love it. I think it's going to be a great fight. Yeah, I, uh, I've been a, a fan of Weidman for a while. The, uh, the fight against Gaslam, though, um, he dominated like he should have. You know, that was a, I, it was a noticeable size difference. And, you know, I felt like, the, you know, Gaslam was um, going to be a good matchup, but it turned out that, that Weidman was, was just too much for him. And yeah. that's the Weidman that we want to see and that we had grown accustomed to seeing. As a Weidman, yeah, as a Weidman fan myself, um, this isn't the fight I really want to see. I want to see the Rockhold fight. I want that, since it's not scheduled yet, I want yeah. that fight to be scheduled. If Rockhold wants to fight on 217, they schedule this fight for 217, and they go at it. Like, what's what's wrong with that? Put, put, like, you know Chris Weidman wants to be on the 217 card. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. It's the perfect time for that rematch to occur. They're both coming off wins. You know, I think the timing's right. Otherwise, I don't see that rematch happening for a long time. I agree. I I don't mind the wait either. I could see a build if Rockhold retains the title. I would love to see the rematch then. All right. On Saturday night, we have a card in Japan that actually occurs, I think, on Friday day or something. I don't know. Um, the time difference is, is pretty severe. But uh, Yushin Okami has stepped in on late notice when Shogun Hua had a knee injury early in camp. It hasn't cleared up and gotten better, good enough to fight, and he has had to pull out of that fight. Uh, that's a fight that Shogun really wanted too, by the way, to have to be able to fight again in Japan. He hasn't been able to fight there in like a decade, and that's where he, you know, really made a name for himself in his career. So, filling in for him against OSP is Yushin Okami. Your thoughts on that headlining fight? I'm not interested in the slightest bit. Um, Yushin Akami hasn't fought the UFC since uh, September 2013. OSP is sometimes entertaining and sometimes really boring. I have zero excitement for this headlining fight. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, I was just going to say, you know, I'm, uh, I learned a while ago that uh, you just never know what's going to happen. I, I think it, that fight is not an interesting one um, on paper, but – you know, I, I agree with you, Andrew. The uh, OSP, you just never know what fighter is going to show up. Similar similar to Uriah Hall. He's got the flash. He's got the uh, the skills, but... He doesn't, pull, that, put on he doesn't pull it out very often. Right. And, and when he does, it's spectacular, but he leaves it in the holster for way too often. Yeah, I would rather watch Growing Pains reruns in this main event. It just there's no intrigue at all for me. Okay, how about the Gomi Takanora Gomi and Dongyong Kim? Definitely more exciting than the main event. And I think that's a real exciting fight. That's like an old pride, like you know, battle. Like I, I could see them both coming out in costumes that's and being. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, and I I. You know, the old pride days of, 
the costumes and the flair and the drama and the fighters all standing up on the catwalk the yep. beginning of the show all together like i think that that's fun and exciting if you put os if you put osp in streamers and something like that i'll be excited for the main event <laughs> but yeah i agree that one should be really exciting stun gun kim is always fun to watch for me and it will be better than the main event at least on paper it looks way better yeah the fight, uh, you know, other... the, uh, there's another good fight on the card um i don't think intentionally it was brushed over but uh Gidela and Andrade. Ryan, I think you and I at the very beginning of this year had uh, talked about who we saw might be champs at the end of the year. And I think my pick was Claudia Gidela um, as, you know, the women's champ. And um, I'm anxious to see her um, fight against Andrade. I think this is going to be a good matchup. We'll be able to get to see if she's really ready to step up and um, make a challenge for the belt. Claudia Gedalia is like the Joseph Benavidez of this division. I mean, it's really hard to get a third fight. Again, I mean, granted, she didn't get knocked out in her second one like Benavidez did in his rematch with Mighty Mouse, but so it's very hard to get a third fight like that. So I think Gedalia has to impress. She has to go out here and make a statement if she wants. I'd like, yeah, I'd like to see her come out with a Cejudo performance. This isn't. This isn't um, a. a, a good fight to go and do that against because Jessica Andrade is 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 awesome and 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 here's the thing so she's at a crossroads right now right she's coming off a big loss where she got pretty much had to hang in there to that was hard to watch and and she's either gonna come that's that's either a fight that's gonna affect her in a negative way and she'll she'll not look like the fighter she was before or she's going to come in hungrier than ever. And it's hard to really, I, I, I don't know what, I don't know which way it's going to go, but those kind of fights where you just get, you know, you hang in there, but you just get pummeled. Those take a lot out of you and they change you and it could change her for the better. It could change her for the worse. And it's kind of hard to kind of figure out what, which one that might be. Yeah. I agree with Joanna's prediction she made today on the MMA hour. She said, Gedalia is going to win just after being in with both of them, you know, did no disrespect. I, I think Gedalia is a warrior. I think she's going to come in and put all kinds of grappling problems on Andrade and just take away all that distance. So Andrade can't strike where she's comfortable. Um, yeah. So moving on, I, I think this is a card that would be like a, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, I'll definitely DVR it and watch it later, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna not make other plans on this particular card because you know it's not that kind of card. Now, doesn't isn't Cody Garbrandt's best friend fighting on this Ishihara? They're really good friends, I think. He fights for Team Alpha, out of Team Alpha Male. He fights yeah, you, Rolando Die, whoever that is, but he's gonna fight him. And I hope he wins for the sake of Cody Garbrandt the affiliation with Pittsburgh. It's a stretch. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I didn't know that. You you're you're uh you you keep up with Team Alpha Male a lot more than I. You like those alpha males. <laughs> I like Team Alpha Male. If you're one forty five and under, go fight there. No, there you, you know, yeah. You like alpha males. Let's just be honest. Um, okay, so guys, we have had fighter after fighter, card after card. It seems almost every card there's a there's a big fighter that drops out. Maybe it's a drug test, maybe it's a 
uh, injury. There's just been so many fighters dropping out of cards. What can the UFC do to keep to 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 keep this from happening? You go first, Jim. You know, we've talked about this uh, more than once or twice. The uh, the weight cuts, um, fighters having health issues, um, other fighters just, you know, at, at times appearing to not really even try to make the weight. Um, with Gastelum at uh, 205, um, UFC 205 that is, there's they, they've got to come up with something because this is product that the fans are counting on when they hear fights being lined up and then they fall through you know at one point you know we've mentioned earlier in this podcast a fight being complete or a, a car being completely canceled just, jim do you have a solution i have no solution um as to how they're going to stop this but you know, the only thing I can say is, you know, somehow they got to, okay, okay, so my solution would be when it comes to weight cut, they've got to have these fighters within a certain percentage um, in their weight, you know, in their fight camp till they, they very, get to the... Very few you, fights are being canceled. Like, the only one I can think of is the Gastelum New York one, but... Um, there's yeah, there's lots of fights being canceled because of that for health reasons, you know, but what fights have been canceled due to someone not making weight? Uh, you know, off the top of my head, I can't come up with anything, but you know, you have fighters saying it's health Amanda, reasons and Amanda it, it doesn't matter whether it's health, whether Amanda, it's Amanda, weight. Uh, Amanda Nunez said it was something else. Yeah. I think, it ha I think the way to solve this is to have, have weight divisions every 10 pounds and I think it's smart to always have it's, – it's hard to say this, but I think it's at least a decent solution. Just have at least a fighter on deck of sorts. You know, that's one that's training. Or, like, uh, Ryan, what do we talk about on the main card with uh, Mighty Mouse? Have Henry Cejudo from the card elevate up and take the fight because he's in camp, he's training. Both are I, think it, I think an even better solution to that, and this is what I've been able to come up with, it'll cost the UFC – a little bit of money probably in the long run, but overall they're going to be fight cards that, um, that continue to not lose money. And so here's what I propose. You take your main event and your co-main event and you have one fighter who has to make, who is training and has to make weight for that fight in those two weight classes. So it would be within a reasonable thing to have your co-main event and your main event be in the same weight class. Why not have, you know, two middleweights be your co-main and your main event, then have a fifth middleweight that's training. That's your standby guy for if either any one of those four gets it. So you pay him his show money regardless. And if he fights, he fights. If not, he doesn't, but you pay him 50,000 bucks and you don't lose headline headlining cards and everyone knows who that person is and he knows the four people he might fight how often do you think the same weight classes are main event and co-main event well that would change you think fighters would be down to make the weight and train for it even if it's just for the show money 
Well, if the if there's a chance that so that there'll probably be a fighter that's a little lower in the rankings, and it's going to give them an opportunity if someone ducks out, and if not, you're you you have another training camp and have fight the next week. Yeah, I think, next, well, the, next the only event. problem I see with that though is um, you know when you've got the heavyweight that I think is stretched into um, to have anybody you know pushing Stipe. Um, and even, you know, to some extent, uh, light heavyweight right now, I think if you do something like that, you know, on paper, it doesn't sound like a bad idea, but what does it do long-term for the fighters? How many times are you going to have them fighting, you know, throughout the course of a 12 month period, a year, um, you know, yeah, they're going to be you fighting wouldn't. three, four times, you know, some yeah. of them guys want to fight once, like every nine, 10 months. Take a look at how many of the paper, uh, and this would probably be mostly for pay-per-views, but even for like headlining fights, you got to find some type of solution. And if, right. and if you can't have cards fall apart, like card after card after card, it just doesn't make sense. There has to be incentive for someone to, to, you know, get in fighting shape and maybe just have to, Stay in shape for another month. Yeah, the hardest thing is squeezing the extra few dollars out of the UFC. Well, it's 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 penny it's penny foolish and dollar wise. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go back to what I said before. I, I think it it ultimately comes down to a health issue. Um, you know, if you've got a big weight cut, you know, it's going to wreak havoc on your body eventually. And do you want that to happen? You know, before your biggest um, potential payday, you know, and the fighters got to take care of themselves outside of that fight camp as well. So if, you know, if the UFC imposes something like, you know, outside of fight camp, you, you can, your weight can't be over a certain percentage. Um, or, you know, if it is, then you come in and you miss weight or, you know, you yeah. don't make the fight. Yep. You're, you're docked, I don't know, like, 25% of your purse, something like that. Yeah. I just think the logistics of that are too complicated. You're just, you, it's so hard to dictate people, you know, outside of the job saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. It almost, you know, just makes them like indentured servants. And I mean, especially with some people that don't have problem cutting, you know, extreme, like Mark Hunt goes over three bills in the, when he's not fighting and cuts down. Yeah. And he's been reliable. He's not uh, the, a guy that misses weight. Let's move on. Top fights for through, you know, like um, Halloween. Um, the next six weeks, we already went over the uh, a couple fights in the Okami St. Prue fight night card. Um, take a look at Bellator 183. It's September 23rd. We have Benson Henderson versus Patricky. How do you say his last name? Because, yeah. Is it? Uh, lost my spot. Fra- Freire. 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 I, I, kn- I, I know Pitbull. him to see He's him fight. Pitbull. <laughs> I don't know. You never hear it. Yeah. Um, and That's then we Freire. have Fier. Yeah. Yeah. Pitbull. Um, we have Roy Nelson making his Bellator debut. We have Paul. Uh, this is a fight I really like. Paul Daly and Lorenz Larkin. And then Aaron Pico will make his second MMA fight uh, after that. Um, pretty disappointing first fight at Bellator 180 slash Bellator New York City, whatever they want to call it. Yeah, Zach Freeman. Yeah. and We uh, called that, Ryan. So, who did? We called that. 
Uh, oh, really? I don't know if, if you did. I thought I, I know that. I don't remember calling that. Yeah, I just so remember that. saying this is a guy who's in his first MMA fight ever, and this is a guy. Freeman's not like some pushover. It was kind of surprising to me that they would match him up like that. So that's a great card. Um, some pretty good fights, particularly the one I look forward to with Paul Daly and Lorenz Larkin. Those two are are nasty, nasty stand-up. Yeah, I, I love that fight. You picked my favorite out. So I'll get a little different. I'm really excited to watch Roy Nelson debut in Bellator. See if he comes out with fire. It's always fun to watch big country swing for the fences and just, you know, eat shots like you didn't get enough food before the fight. Yeah. Good point by you. UFC 216 is October 7th um, in Las Vegas. You have Tony Ferguson and Kevin Lee continues to be the headliner. That was surprising to me when they added uh, Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson, and Ray Borg onto that card, which they fell off the 215 card because of Ray Borg's um, – well, Smorgasbord. Yeah, Ray Borg and the Smorgasbord. Another uh, heavyweight fight with Derek Lewis and Fabricio Verdum and Jessica I dropping down – to one what 15 is that the right right weight mm -hmm. yeah. um against Paige Van Zandt I I love I I this is a card before they added Mighty Mouse and Borg that was like eh and then they add that and that makes a big difference in that card I think it makes a big difference but financially I don't think the card's going to do over 250,000 pay-per-views I don't see any draw power but I'm really excited for it from a hardcore fan standpoint, especially the still headliner of Tony Ferguson and the dangerous Kevin Lee. I think Tony Ferguson's got some pretty mad skills. I think he does too. But I think we talked about this before, how dangerous of a fight is this for him to take them? I mean, Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee's a killer. Kevin Lee's a, a, a single punch knockout guy. Yeah, and he's got the jujitsu game on top of it. He's, what, 25? Young and yeah. hungry, yep. I think it's dangerous. And Ferguson hasn't fought in almost a year. It's yeah. a fight that's going to be tough to call. That one could go either way. Bellator 185 is October 20th on Spike TV. That is from the Mohegan Sun Casino. We have Gegard Musasi versus Alexander Shemlenko, who um, didn't he lose to Tito Ortiz? Yeah, I think so. Memory serves me and tells me that he lost that fight. But um, also, uh, Muhammad Lawal versus Liam McGeary, another very solid fight on that Bellator 185 card. Yeah, um, Gegard Mousasi, I'm just preparing for his takeover of whatever weight division he wants in Bellator. He is unbelievable right now, and he's on the hottest stretch of his career. Yeah, this is a weird time for him. I think he's at his peak right now, and that's weird because um, being in Bellator now and not having the guys that you could really knock off above you, I think he's the top dog in that division, and 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 I think he will be for a little bit, quite some time. I think he could be setting a scary precedent. I mean, if UFC's not going to pay fighters, he can get better money from Scott Coker, even at the top of his game, he'll, he'll leave, and that could – Bode, I mean, that could be the way for other fighters in the future in the UFC who are disgruntled about pay. No, yeah, that's obvious. I, I, yeah, I, uh, I don't know about that. I Initially, I was thinking that it would be a good move for fighters to go over to Bellator, but it's almost um, like it's becoming the island of uh, 
misfits, Yael misfits. And I, I don't want to see it go that way. You know, old washed up fighters who have, you know, reached their prime and are on the backside. Um, you know, I'd like to see fighters fighting um, relevant competition right at their skill level um, instead of guys that are on the backside of their career. Well, I think that they have a good mixture. I think they have some nice young talent with the McKees and the and the um, Rory. Yeah, they, they have some nice young guys too. I think they got a good mixture. I think they got some homegrown guys that are coming up. They got some guys that will help build those guys up by being on cards with guys – you know, your, your guys that do have a name from the UFC, I think that's got to be a combination. Um, the, the question will be, do they keep, are they able to keep their homegrown guys? Are they going to be able to keep AJ McKee? Are they going to be able to keep that young Pico guy from and Michael uh, Page. the guy from uh, Ireland? Um, Gallagher. Yeah. The poor man's McGregor. I mean, who has a ton of talent. 20 years old. <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable. And and he comes in with a lot of bravado, and then he does the same thing as Connor. He backs it up against the Machida yeah. brother. I back it up. <laughs> I back yeah, it he's, up. He's headlining a card in Dublin in November. That yeah. O2 Arena is going to be insane. And then uh, uh, rounding out the end of October is UFC Fight Night 119, October 28th from uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. Loyota Machida headlining it with Derek Brunson. Is that still on? Yeah, I believe so. I thought you said something earlier about Brunson being on the no, show. That, no, that's the fight he has. Okay, okay. I thought you said something about him being injured. No. Okay. And then Colby Covington versus Damian Maya. Those are two fights I really like on that fight for a fight night card. They're good for fight night, especially with name power. I like Colby Covington better than Damian Maya. I don't have too much interest in watching Machida anymore. It's kind of just worn with me. But uh, I'm really excited for that Covington fight. That Covington-Maya fight will be good, especially to watch Maya bounce back from that hugging match with Tyron Woodley. All right, that will wrap us up for this episode of MMA FanCast. We're, we're so glad you joined us. Please do us a favor and like, subscribe, and uh, all those things. Follow us. We have all social media, all this stuff, and we have our YouTube page. We got That's where we house um, all the videos we took from UFC, um, the, the, the open workouts, and all that stuff. So, Please check us, check that out. And um, just thanks for joining us. We will be back with you again next week. And we uh, sign off, signing off for Jim Saharamuni and Andrew Dice Bailey. My name is Ryan Middleton. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. God bless and good night.